This week on Moms Moving On. The amazing thing that I give my mother so much credit for is that she knew that she wasn't in a good marriage. And I know this because she's told me this many times throughout the course of my life. And she said she knew she wasn't in a good marriage and she knew she had to get out. And she didn't know how she was going to get out. And she didn't know what she was going to do when she got out. And she said, you were two years old. I remember sitting on the floor thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to make this life work? Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I'm so excited to have a good friend with me on today. Someone I've been friends with for a while at this point and why I haven't had her on yet, I don't know. But we were chatting the other night and we kind of came across like a common shared factor of our past that we're like, why haven't we discussed this on the podcast yet? And I'm so excited because I think a lot of you listening to this will resonate and say, oh yeah, that makes sense. Me too. And that's what we're here for, to bring everybody together. Today, we have Tara Clark with us. You probably already know her, but you know her as Modern Mom Probs on Instagram. She has an incredibly successful and amazingly entertaining and insightful account. She offers that kind of compassion as well in her book of the same title, Modern Mom Probs. She's also an entrepreneur with her newest venture, Modern Mom Style Box. And uh, I'm sorry, but like, who has the time to go shopping? This is the thing you need to get your hands on. Tara, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm thrilled to be here with you. This is fun and I'm excited too. Although, you know, we're excited about the misgivings of our childhood I, or, or the, <laughs> the unfortunate side of being children of divorce. But something I always pride myself on and achieve to do in all of my coaching sessions and podcasts is help shift the perspective. What can we learn from the less than ideal shit we've been through in our lives. But before we dive into your whole past, why don't you just say hello, introduce us, introduce yourself. And um, if I missed anything, give it to us. No, you you did such a wonderful job on the introduction. So yes, I'm Tara Clark, creator of Modern Mom Probs, author of the book by the same title. You you nailed all of those things. I'm also a, a, you know, child of divorce and that's why I'm here. And a mom. And a mom. I am a mom to one son, Jack. Just Jack. That's what I often say. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and if people don't understand the Will and Grace reference, then it's totally lost on them. Then, but yeah, then you shouldn't be that's here. That's not no, my fault. Yeah, right. Exactly. Just, just I have Jack. just Bella, but there's no reference for that. Um, you know, a mom of a mom of one, I feel like we get so much, I don't want to say backlash, but people question why just one? And I know for me personally, being a child of divorce and now getting divorced, I felt one was good. I, yes. you know, when you bring a child into the world and this ideal picture of what you thought life would be doesn't happen. Sometimes I know in my case, I was very hesitant to have another child and mess things up in my marriage all over again. But I learned that as a child of divorce. And I, I wonder if we can go back in time to your experience as a child, because you're not divorced. So we have a lot to learn from you. I can say wholeheartedly that my parents' divorce absolutely contributed to why I'm divorced. 
but you obviously learned something. So maybe you could share it with the rest of us. Take us back in time. Sure. I do want to go all the way back to 1995 because we could go all the way back to 1995 when my, my husband and I got together. Or, or do you want to go back to 1982? We have a time machine. 1982. 1982. You were two years old when I your parents split up. Yes. So my parents um, were two. Uh, I was two years old when my parents split up. I, you're going to laugh when I, when I realized that or when I explain this. But one time when I was probably, gosh, maybe like eight or nine, I was looking through my parents' wedding album and I noticed the date on my parents' wedding album. And they were married in September of 1979. And I was born in March of 1980. And if you do the math, Ooh, my mom was pregnant with me when they got married, which is I'm the reason why they got married. And so no one ever shared that with me. It was just my, you know, being able to do the math when I found their innocently found their wedding album. So, so that's why they got together. Okay, fine. So, so they were dating and they were, you know, living life in the seventies or whatever. My mom gets pregnant, they get married. And two years later, they were divorced. I never remember seeing them in the same room together. I do not know them as married people together. They were always divorced, you know, as as far as I could remember. I do want to say that I feel like I may have had a really, really old memory of the three of us going to see one of the Star Wars movies, but altogether, but I'm not entirely sure if like I invented that or if that actually is one of my first memories. I'm going to say you didn't go see the Star Wars movie when you were a year and a half old. You you know, you would think so, but I'll tell you my mother. No judgment. It's more like what kid sits through that. Also true. But my mom (laughs) did bring this, this totally true story and a tangent nonetheless. My mom did bring me to see Jaws 4 in the movie theater in 1984. I was four years old and the lead character, she had like a short pixie haircut and I cut my own hair by myself in the kitchen while she was putting on her makeup. We were going to my my cousin Erica's second birthday party. And so I asked my mom like, okay, I'm scissors. And she thought I was cutting out the picture from the coloring book that I drew for Erica for her birthday. But no, I went to the to the kitchen and I hacked legitimately. I had long, long, long curly hair. Well, it actually wasn't curly at that point, but long, long, long hair. And I hacked it all off. And my mom came out with her makeup on ready to go to this party and was like, what did you do? But I directly think that I, I was inspired by the actress in Jaws 4, because you shouldn't bring four-year-olds to go see the Jaws movie. I was going to say it was in 3D. It was, you know what? It wasn't Jaws 4. I'm lying. It was Jaws 3 because it was 3D. It was Jaws 3 in 3D in 1984. And I never mind, never mind the nightmares due to sharks. Your kid might unnecessarily cut her own hair. Okay. And I also had nightmares. So if that gives you any indication of my, my parents uh, and my parenting, (laughs) Well, so, so tell me, so back. Yeah. So, okay. So they, they were divorced in 1982 and on the weekends, I used to go to my father's house and my mother was in the restaurant business because my uncle's own restaurants. And so she was always like a bartender or manager, mostly bartender during the, that time in the eighties. And so I went with to my dad's house every weekend and he had, and I had a great relationship. Many times he he's sort of a rolling stone. And so many times he was actually living with my grandparents at that point, uh, which I think is actually 
really beneficial. It was really beneficial for me because there was a lot of like normalcy that was instilled in me. And I'm using this in quotes, normalcy that was instilled in me. They taught me manners. They taught me like how to sit properly at the table, how to eat in a restaurant. They taught you those life skills that I wasn't necessarily getting from my mom. Which I'll interject goes back to the point I share all the time when discussing children in divorce is that children need one stable caregiver to thrive. Doesn't even have to be a parent. If they have Mm -hmm. that consistent source of normalcy, Mm -hmm. it's enough. Okay. Continue. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like I said, they taught me how to say please and thank you and sit at a restaurant and all all of those things that come into um, civilized society, right? (laughs) Like knowing not uh, not to kick your feet up on the table or something like that. So when I was nine or 10, my dad got remarried to a woman who he dated in high school. So they were sort of like high school sweethearts, didn't see each other for, you know, forever, and then got back together. And when that happened, shook the whole thing up. Like I stopped going there on the weekends. She was terrible. (laughs) She hated me just by the sheer fact of that I was alive and I was around. And so then that started, that really at that point cut off all ties with my dad and then did for the next 15 years after that. And can you tell me what was it about? Because I think it's important because we're talking about what we learned from these experiences. Sure. What was it about how your dad brought this woman into your life that looking back, you're like, that should not have happened. You know, I, I don't, I really wouldn't put it on him per se. I thought that he gently introduced me to her and he said, you know, you know, I'm dating her and we're seeing each other and and that was going on for months. And so it was not a shock per se. Then he started living with her. Like I said, he had been living with my grandparents and he started living with her. And so it was not a shock when they got married because it was sort of that next step in their relationship. But she just loathed the fact that I was there on the weekends. I cramped their style. Maybe they wanted to go out to dinner. Like, you know, they they were just the two of them. She did not have kids. And, and so it was, she just didn't like it. One time, it's a true story. She returned my Christmas presents. Like we had Christmas. She's actually Jewish, but we celebrated both. And, and so I had Christmas presents and then the next weekend, when I came back, they were gone. I don't know where they were. They were just gone. Oh my goodness. How yeah. traumatizing. Yes, it really was. Well, I think this, you know, goes, everyone asks me, how do you know if this relationship after divorce is right for you? How do you know when to introduce your kids? All of these things. The most important thing is that you're with somebody who wants to love and accept your children because obviously when you're not, it has lasting and profound effects on a person. Yes. It it was surprising to me that my, my father obviously knew the, not power struggle, but for lack of a better term, the struggle, the dynamic between us, right? Like he knew that how she acted when I was around and, and I would probably just like sit in my room and read all weekend. And then Sunday would come and then he would drop me off at my mother's house again. And at that point, like I said, I was starting to get older. I could watch myself take care of myself. And so I didn't need him to be that babysitter anymore. Um, and I think that made their relationship better. And that's, you know, unfortunately the way that it went ultimately, They ended up divorcing like 10, 15 years later. So they are not together anymore. 
Well, but, she sounded like a real peach. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was a monster. She also like she was one of those types of people that like sort of kept him from his family as well. Like if there were family parties or something, like she wouldn't go, he would go without her. That sort of situation. Wow, how yeah. unfortunate for your dad. What what yeah. kinds of effects? Because you know I have my own daddy issues. I like yeah. to say daddy had issues that affected yes. me. Yes, um, yes. I was cast aside too for the love interest mm-hmm. or. I don't know for what reason, honestly, but mostly because there was somebody there to replace me. Mm -hmm. Um, That had lasting and still has a lasting effect on me. Can you speak to that a little bit for yourself? Sure. Luckily, now that I'm older, I was definitely able to compartmentalize that. So my husband and I are high school sweethearts. His parents are actually also high school sweethearts. So we were able to sort of like get modeling from them, or at least my husband definitely got modeling from them that they've been together for, you know, it seems like an eternity now and, and they're great friends and they're great partners and, and they work really well together. And my husband and I luckily work really to, well together. We're partners in life, we're partners in, in everything. And so we were lucky to have that modeling. But, you know, for me with my dad, it was, it was heartbreaking, like I said, to see him every weekend for 10 years and then to go to cut essentially like cold turkey to then not see somebody at all or have any contact at all for the next 15 years mm-hmm. is, you know, it's, it, it's a lot. And so I, I was able to sort of compartmentalize my own relationship with my husband versus that of my father. That's you're lucky we're able to do that. And I want to come back to the relationship with your father and how 15 years later it, it was repaired, but we can't, we can't talk about your parents' divorce without talking about your mom. And Mm. most of us listening here today are moms. And if there's anything we want is to protect our children through the divorce process and co-parent well enough to help them avoid any long-term issues. How would you say your mom did on, on that front? And what have you learned from her? poorly. Unfortunately, I do not think that she was a good co-parent. I I think both of them had challenges of their own respect. One is maybe my dad wasn't as um, financially responsible as he should have been. And she was not as calm and respectful as she could have been. And I think that if, you know, if I were to impart advice to them would have been set those feelings aside and, you know, try to come together to co-parent more respectfully because they definitely didn't do that, especially when I was older. And then when my stepmother got involved, that, that was like just such a mess, but, (laughs) and that's really at the point where my mom was like, I just have to stop this. And so I I respect her very much for saying like, I just need to just cut this off altogether because it's not working for me. Right. Um, so what, what do you think you learned as a mom in terms of compassion for your child? And what would you share with moms who are going through divorce in terms of maybe what not to do or what to definitely do when you get divorced, when your kids are so young? Right, right. Uh, The amazing thing that I give my mother so much credit for is that she knew that she wasn't in a good marriage. And I know this because she's told me this many times throughout the course of my life. And she said, she knew she wasn't in a good marriage and she knew she had to get out. And she Mm -hmm. didn't know how she was going to get out. And she didn't know what she was going to do when she got out. And she said, 
you were two years old. I remember sitting on the floor thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to make this life work? She was, I'm trying to think, she was like 26 years old, maybe 27 years old. So young. She was so young. She is a hairdresser by trade. So she wasn't making, you know, that much money. That was actually the point at which she went into the restaurant business to be a bartender. And we were able to have a a nice life with that. But, you know, she's a 27-year-old hairdresser with a two-year-old baby with a deadbeat husband. And she's like, how am I going to make it work? And she knew, she's like, I know what I have to do. I have no choice not to make it work. All I know I have to do is this is the only thing I got to do is just go to work and make it happen and feed my daughter and rent this apartment and all of those things. And, and she just was on that grind and she never gave up. And she still has that mindset. She's 66 years old. She still goes to work every day. She still, she works for a bakery now, but she still goes to work every day. She still saves her money. Like all of those little habits that she was doing at 27 with, you know, a toddler and, and being single, she's still doing it it now. And so she just knew that failure was absolutely not an option. That is so incredibly inspiring. I have chills because my mom also really set the tone for what it meant to find independence for me. And I know when I was separating and people would say like, how are you going to do this? You have a two-year-old. I was like, my mom did it as an immigrant with no resources in this country, no family in this country. And she freaking did it. I can obviously do this too. And so for, you know, for better or for worse with our parents, when you can harness the good and the inspiration that they brought, that's so important. And I'm sure has shaped why you're so successful. Thank you. I appreciate that. It has definitely shaped my work ethic and maybe my anxiety too. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But it's definitely shaped my work ethic because like I said, she still gets up and she grinds. I mean, growing up myself, I was home alone a lot, right? So I'm saying even, you know, I told you before about the weekends when I was younger, I was at my father's house, but Monday through Friday, I was, you know, I went to school, I went to Catholic school, came home, And I did my homework, watched TV, you know, sometimes got myself something to eat. I was very independent from a very young age. And then once I stopped going to my dad's house on the weekends, I kind of feel like I I don't remember really what I was doing. I was probably doing the same thing on the weekends, but I just didn't have school to go to that day. So my background forged so many things in in my life, but I think independence is really one of them or or probably Mm -hmm. the biggest one because... I'm an only child with an only child, right? And so I don't mind being alone, but I'm also an extrovert. So I also love being with people. So I could really sort of like straddle both of those things of, of you know, spending a lot of time alone, but also just love being in a crowd and, and love getting that energy off of different people. You really are the definition of like becoming resilient as you know a child of divorce. No, because they talk about, oh, kids are resilient, kids are adaptable, but you have to be, given the opportunity and shown the ways to be resilient and and adaptable and become independent. And you are the epitome of that. You're an absolute child of divorce success story. I think it's really nice, but tell me about, obviously, you know, nobody wants to get divorced and you've been in a successful marriage now for how many years? 15, almost 16 years. And we've been, that's, that's marriage. we've been together. I know, knock on wood. And we've been together since 1995. So it seems like forever, (laughs) but in a good way. It is forever in a great way. So you were 15 when you guys met. Correct. Wow. 
How beautiful. I think that's so special. I have a, a few of my good friends are also with their high school sweethearts. And I just think it's fascinating. Like I have never been with somebody longer than four or five years. So I'm now like, I'm now with Spencer five years. It's the longest I've ever been with anybody. But what about your parents' divorce has made you a better and more compassionate partner? I, I, I so many things because for starters, I saw the way that my parents spoke to each other. Again, at that point, they were divorced because growing up, like I said, I, I never saw them married, but they didn't speak to each other with respect. They didn't stop to listen to the other person. Mm -hmm. They were only just singularly focused on whatever it is that they wanted to be singularly focused on. And so what I know now that in marriages and in partnerships that you need to bite your tongue, listen to what the other person has to say, acknowledge it, validate it, and then be able to respond and not just respond with that one singular, like, I have to get my point across. I have to be heard. This is what it has to be. It doesn't have to be like that. So it is a balance. It is a partnership. A lot. There's a lot of respect and validation that go into it. Well, that communication piece, you know, some of us learn the hard way and others yeah. just know is everything. And, and the ego, I think, you know, when you have to be heard and you need, when you need that validation from mm -hmm. somebody else all the time, I do think yes. that's truly the kiss of death for so many relationships. So good on you for knowing that. Hey everyone, I've now added courses to my website because you know what? There can never be enough information out there as you're navigating divorce and co-parenting. Am I right? So if you're just thinking of getting divorced and don't know where to start, I have the perfect course for you. It's called, It's Time to Leave My Marriage. Now what? And it gives you all the steps from what questions to ask your lawyer to when to even reach out to a lawyer, how to break the news to your ex and your family, and most importantly, how to handle it with your kids. My other course is how to safeguard your relationship with your children when you're dealing with a high conflict ex-spouse. You know, if you have someone who's going to badmouth you in front of the kids. All of this is important stuff to know. So head on over to my website, momsmovingon.com and check out the courses tab today. How is it already 2022? Wow. Well, you know what that means. In just a few short weeks, my first book, Mom's Moving On, Real Life Advice for Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self will finally be out in stores. But it is available for pre-order now. So don't forget to grab a hold of that because for everybody who pre-orders, I'll be holding a special publishing day event just for you. Email info at momsmovingon.com for more information. Our listeners are moms moving on. Mm -hmm. What would be some key tips you would give them because you're a child of divorce, you've, you've seen what not to do. What are some of your takeaways here? Uh, I think, uh, well, there, there's a couple things. And then I also okay. want to, I'm saying this now, so I could remember to, to share you the, the second part of, of my parents' divorce story, because there is a part two to it. Wait, then let's do that first. Okay. We could do that. But I just <laughs> wanted to say it so that I don't forget while I'm giving part two, I, to part two, when they, yes, had a brief reconciliation. So in 2006, I totally out of the blue, receive an email from my father. And in, in this email, he says, let's bury the hatchet. And I was like, 
uh, okay, I haven't heard from you in 15 years, but all of a sudden now you have my email address and you say, let's bury the hatchet. So I'm like, gosh, super conflicted. Like, do I bury the hatchet? I don't know. You haven't sent, you know, anybody money in 20 years. And, and not only that, like you haven't like sent me even a birthday card or a Christmas present or anything Girl, at all, I right? Know. Anything for, for, you know, 15 years. And now you want to bury the hatchet. Like that seems a little bizarre. So at that point I was also engaged to be married to my husband. And I guess I was feeling festive or kind. I don't know the right word for it. And so I said, yes, let's bury the hopeful. Hatchet. You were feeling, I was feeling hopeful. hopeful. Thank you. That was a good way I to like describe it. I was th- mm-hmm. feeling hopeful because here I am getting married and you're starting a new life and like all things are hopeful, right? So I said, yes, let's bury the hatchet. Let's meet up and, you know, go from there. So we met up at my uncle and aunt's house where my father was staying at that point. Cause he, then I found out that he got divorced from his wife. And so now he, he was staying with my aunt and uncle. And so, um, we met up there and, and everyone was like shaking, you know, like that, that like nervous, like, like you can't yeah, help tension. but shake yeah. that, that yeah. tension. Like, you know, you give someone a hug and like, everyone's just shaking. That's what it was like. And uh, everyone was like visibly nervous. And I think, I think my mom came up too. I want to say that maybe she came as well. So again, everyone's like visibly nervous. And somehow between that meeting up for the first time in 15 years, and then, you know, I think my parent, I think my mom did come. I would have to ask my husband because he would remember because he was there. And my parents started talking again. And then what happens next is like the dream of all divorced children my parents got back together dating <laughs> like blew my mind like but that's dad, the dream for divorced children how did you feel as an adult woman i loved it i freaking oh, loved good. it it was exactly what i always wanted my whole life right I, I loved it so my dad was coming over for like sunday dinner at my mom's house and we were hanging out and they were going out to dinner and they were like going to you know to hotels together and like they it was so, and I'm using this in quotes, normal. I was mm-hmm. like, look at this. Like, how did this happen? How did we get here? And so my wedding came and went and, and both of them walked me down the aisle. And, you know, before they got together, it was really just my mother was only going to walk me down the aisle, mm-hmm. but because they were dating and, and I guess my father like kicked in some money for the wedding reception and stuff like that. He now has like earned himself like a place right. to be able to, to walk down. So they each were on one, either side of me and they both walked me down the aisle. They went to my wedding as each other's dates and, uh, and yeah. And, and so it was literally the dream of every divorced child. So fast forward that they were together like a few years. It wasn't even like, it was like, oh, they dated six months or something like that. They were together, um, 2006, 2008 or nine. So that they might've been together for like close to two years. And then my dad started getting like a little distant and stuff. And like, you oh know, when like someone's in a relationship and they start to get a little distant and you're kind of like, oh, I wonder what's going on here. So mm-hmm. long story short, he started dating someone else. And someone that he found online, which is so random and uh, then broke it off with my mom and she was devastated. 
Oh no. Just devastated. Yeah. And I'm not sure how or why that happened. I, I totally unloaded on my father once, you know, this all happened and like this all came to light. I, I distinctly remember doing it. I'll tell you exactly. I, I was living in New York City at the time and I was working at Viacom. And I remember coming home from work on the phone with him and I'm walking through Midtown Manhattan, like like dodging cabs and like crossing in the middle of traffic. And I'm giving him an earful. He didn't even say anything. I was giving him an earful about how he habitually makes bad decisions. And, and here I am like, yeah, I think I was like 27 at the time, little 27, 28, totally. Uh And I was like, you habitually make bad decisions. Like what's wrong with you? This was going really well. And now you're going to like, just throw it away. And now you're going to like go off with someone else and blah, 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 blah. And, um, and that was that. And I, I, like, I remember that day clear as a bell. Like I said, walking through traffic in midtown New York, just freaking on him. And it's not my personality to freak on anybody, but I think it was warranted that day. Well, absolutely. Given all that you had anticipated, you had dealt with, and then you were anticipating such a hopeful outcome and yes, and that wasn't the case. And I know you privately shared with me a picture from your wedding day <laughs> that I just think has to be brought up. I'll probably share it at some point. There is a beautiful picture of Tara and her husband, like just married, super sweet, such a, like a classic cathedral Tara looking like the ideal bride. And then in the background, you see her parents fighting and it is yes. the greatest, like, I just, not that, it, not that that's great that it happens, <laughs> so but the fact great. that it was captured. It's, it's so classic. Cause I think my mom was busting my dad's balls about something at the wedding that day. She was all spun up that day because it was like about her. And she like, didn't like the way that I, I made her put her hair. She has very long hair. And I wanted her to wear her hair up so that it looked neat all day. And so she was mad that I told her to wear her her hair up. She thought that she looked too matronly in her dress. And like, she just like, wasn't naturally the day was all about her. Right. Yes. Naturally, of course. And so those were the things that were like, she was mad about. And then I'm sure once we got there, you know, and then, you know, my dad walked down the aisle and whatever it was, you could see the fight in the background of the photo. And this is, this was a staged photo. So the photographer said, okay, everyone let's, you know, stand up in line. We're going to have the bride and groom right in the front. The parents were going to be on each side and then, you know, um, bridesmaids and everybody, you know, behind that. It's almost like, um, like an inverted V if you could imagine. And lo and behold, there are my parents and my, my mom is giving him an earful about, I don't know what. And he's just like, kind of like sitting there, like listening. Cause like, he knows, like he he could follow social cues. He knows that that's not the appropriate place to be having this conversation. <laughs> but it is uh, it is definitely documented. And then what I find also funny about it is because they were fighting in every one of those photos. I had no choice but to select the best one to put in my photo album. So I'm sorry, uh, that's a framer for me. Like that. I <laughs> so it is in my somewhere. album, and that's why. That's why. Um, it was easy for me to find to give you because I literally just opened up my photo album and go, oh, that's that's the picture. That's unbelievable. But I think what's it's more amazing. unbelievable is, well, a couple of things. Mm. I know I I have never had a second chance with my dad. I don't know that at this point I'd be open to one. Like there were so many hurtful things 
that have gone down and so many painful mistakes made. And I tried to reconcile before my first wedding because I thought that was the right thing to do. And it went nowhere. But I do think that there are so many people who are saying, wow, I wish my parent did make that effort. So you had that. And even though the the second chance at love didn't really work out for your parents, where does your relationship stand with them now? Um, they don't communicate at all, but not in a, not in a bad way, just in a, everyone just living their own lives way. And I do communicate with my dad and in his side of the family, um, mostly via text message. So okay, like, I know so that there is a relationship and I'm there. safe in that. Yes. And there is a relationship there. Is he involved in Jack's it, life? No, no, mostly no. just my texting him. You know, we'll talk about football or different things that, that you Good do. for you for maintaining that without Thank hate you. in your heart. Um, no, I, 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 it's, it's sometimes it's awkward, but the thing is, is like, we don't see them all that often. Maybe it's like, you know, a handful of maybe, maybe twice a year, once or twice a year. And, um, it's always a little awkward, but it's still nice. You know, there, there's like something nice within the awkwardness of it. I'm happy to hear that. Thank you. All right. So back to our tips. Yes, we can't, we can't go without those. That's okay. I, I think this is, first of all, very entertaining and also very insightful. And I just can't believe we haven't talked about it sooner, but being a child of divorce, seeing both of your parents make epic mistakes and try their best at the same time. Mm -hmm. What would you advise moms who are newly going through the process to not do (laughs) or what to do? Right, right, right. One, I would definitely say, ask for help when you need it from your village, whatever that village looks like, right? When my mom knew that she was, like I said, she was sitting on the floor, she was 27 years old, she had a two-year-old kid, and she's like, how am I going to do this? She knew she had to ask my grandparents for help to watch me while she went to work. So tap into the people, even if it feels awkward. And even if it feels kind of like gross, like, I don't want to ask people for help. Sometimes you really need to, right? Like some, you have to, you have to, have to, have to. So whether you're asking someone to watch the children while you go do an extra shift or work or whatever it happens to be, or you're asking your neighbor to help hang a a picture frame or something like that, or your, your toilet got stopped up and, and you need somebody to do it. It's above and beyond don't be afraid to ask for help. So that was really one of the biggest things. And I know that my mom even still is not afraid to ask a neighbor or a friend or somebody to, to help her out to do the things that she can't do. She's I love actually- that you're sharing that. I, I think it's important because, I mean, I wrote a lot about this in, in my book. We as women, especially like independent-minded, like I'm, I'm extremely independent. I have had to learn how to let people in mm-hmm. and help me. I was, I almost had too much pride. And at a certain point in the beginning of my separation, I I just couldn't do it by myself. And I remember Mm -hmm. asking like a friend's husband to come set up my TV and, and I just started reaching out for help and it helped me sleep better at night, literally knowing that I truly wasn't all alone. I love that you're sharing that. Yes, absolutely. I I think it's so important. Like I said, I've seen it in my own experience with my mother and I, and I know it just from friends in general. It's like, you cannot do it alone. So I think that's a a really big thing. Another bit of advice is don't listen to the haters, the people who are going to tear you down for your life choices. Because when my mother was divorced in the 1980s, 
And I went to Catholic school and everyone else's families were married. I was the only child from divorce. And even the the priest used to like bust my mom's chops about it. And, and which isn't fair and, and is totally uncalled for, but he used to give her a hard time. And, and what I wish that she knew is like, it's okay. The, that life choice, like when you said, I need to get divorced, I need to move on mm-hmm. with my life that I wish that she knew that it was okay. Cause that was something that she really struggled with was that was like acceptance the other or... people was mm-hmm. the acceptance. It was the other people. And so she really, she did not have any other divorced friends. Now it's sort of a different story, you know, in, in 2022 versus 1987, but she really struggled with that. And, and I, and I wish she knew that it was okay. And I often do tell her like, it's okay. Like, you know, like that, that, that was the choice that you made. And, and I think sometimes not that she ever regrets it, but I think that she wishes like, you know, things would have been different, maybe. Right. Well, there is no doubt that back then it was a time of, you know, divorce being shameful, especially Mm -hmm. when you're coming from a tight knit Catholic community, Mm -hmm. but we are obviously in different times now. And just her, even at 66 years old, having that validation from you that mom, you did what you had to do. It was okay. We're all fine. I think that probably means so much to her on some level. It definitely does. It definitely does. Cause like, I know she didn't have, aside from my grandparents, she didn't really have a village. You know, she went to work and and did work and then she came home and, and she, you know, would pick me up maybe from my grandparents' house or something like that. But she didn't have girlfriends to talk to, like how we're talking about this right now or how your platform, you know, is so wonderful. And it's such a beautiful community of women to share their experiences. And she unfortunately really lacked that. Mm -hmm. And and most people do though, Tara, that's, I mean, essentially the foundation on which mom's moving on was built all of it, the Instagram podcast because when you don't have that, it makes it so much harder. It's so yes. stressful to feel like you're on your own or people don't understand or people are judging you. Mm-hmm. Why have that stress when you can eliminate it and just stress about co-parenting and the divorce process, you know? Exactly. I think that if she would have had, you're hundred percent right. You know, you're hundred percent right. Like, I think that if she would have had a community to fall back on, I think she would have had an easier time with co-parenting. I think then I don't even know if that was even a thought in her mind. You know, let me treat this man with respect. You know, let me <laughs> let me treat this man with respect for my children, you know, for mm, my child. Yeah. I don't even think that was really, you know, a thought at that point. Right. Okay. One last tip. Yeah. And then I want to talk about style box and your book and, and yeah. wrap it up there. Yeah, sure. What would my last tip be? Let me see. My last tip would be please be civil to each other in front of the children. Yes. Don't put the child or the children in the middle of your bickering, incivility, whatever it happens to be. If you can show up at a birthday party or not even the children's birthday party, but maybe someone else's birthday party, whatever it happens to be, just show up, put a smile on your face, keep your mouth shut, and then that's it. I have friends, I have one friend who comes to mind, her parents were civil to each other. And and she was my friend in college. And I remember thinking, oh my God, what a novel concept. Like her father (laughs) could show up somewhere where her mother was also there and they wouldn't be brawling each other. And I was like, what? 
Yeah. How is that feasible? Imagine that. Imagine that. It was that that concept was almost as foreign as a concept to me as my parents being married together or my parents yeah. being in the yeah. room together, you know? Right. And so I really would say, and again, this does totally fall into the co-parenting thing, but try to show up to an event. I don't want to say together, but try to show up to an event where you are supporting your child and just be civil. Show up to the ballet recital. You don't have to talk. You don't have to make, you know, small talk and pretend to be nice or anything like that. Just show up. Everyone could stay on their respective corners of the ballet recital auditorium, but just make that effort to be civil. These are amazing tips and very meaningful to me. I wish I had that. I try to model that now. Um, But yeah, the day you realize that you love your child more than you hate your ex is a really powerful day. And it means all the difference for your children. Okay. So modern mom, probs, style, all of the things. So all of the stuff we do all the stuff over here. If you're listening, you most likely already follow her. Um, If not, what are you waiting for? But your book came out about a year ago now, no? Yes, it came out April of 2021. So it was right before Mother's Day. Yeah. And so the book is, um, I go through 99 different modern mom problems. And I say, you know, I got 99 problems, but motherhood ain't one. And so some of the chapters are very funny and sort of silly. And then other other chapters are very informational based. You know, I, I talk about maternal mental health issues. I talk about infertility. I do talk about divorce. There is a chapter about divorce. You actually are one of the, in the, one of the chapters you are, you spearhead the chapter of divorce. I also have a chapter called single mothers are superheroes. Mm-hmm. And in that one, obviously I talk about my mom as well, although she didn't think that I wrote about her in the book, but I did. Well, well uh, she did. Yes, I did because single mothers are superheroes. Um, And what else? So yeah, so I go through the 99 problems. And like I said, it's the analog version of my Instagram account. And that I also like to say that if like someone came to 2021 in a time machine and they said like, well, what's like modern motherhood like right now? If I like hand them a copy of the book, they go, oh, okay, thank you. Now I understand what the zeitgeist of 2021 is. And I think- I think also though, in relating it to 2021, you know, we're at a time where we're seeking information, we're informing ourselves as much as we can. And we love the humor of everything. Like we have to laugh, otherwise we'll all go insane. I think Jimmy Buffett once said, Um, and, and that's, that's exactly what the book brings. So I'm so glad you did that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really, I really do. It's, it's, hard to believe that we're a year out from it now, but, um, yeah, it happens. You'll feel the same way next March when, (laughs) after your book, girl, God, let's just get through (laughs) March, 2022. Okay. Um, that's how I felt after I, I felt like that in April and May, because I did a lot of press for the book. And doing all of that press gets exhausting after a while. I, I mean, know. it's fun. It's awesome. But it gets like really tiring after a while. No, I, I'm friendly with someone whose book came out last week. And and we connected this week. I moderated um, an inter- like a, a virtual book signing for her. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it's just one interview after the other. And at, at a certain point, it's a lot. But listen, yeah, 
this is the work that we have to do. Got to sell those books. I can't wait to watch all of your interviews. I'm so excited. Thank you. I'm glad you are. I'm here just nervous. So I'll let you be excited. And then, you know, maybe we could swap at a certain point. Um, All right. So, and then you have the style box. Yes. So it's about that. Yeah. So we recently launched the Modern Mom Style Box and members sign up and for a flat rate, it's $60 a month. You receive three articles of clothing per box, but then you can swap out those clothes as many times as you want in the course of a given month. So I'm also a member and my first month I received 15 articles of clothing. So I had five boxes in the course of one month. And so some of the brands are Ann Taylor, Loft, Express, French Connection. Uh, I'm actually wearing, I don't know if you see this, but I'm actually wearing an Ann Taylor sweater right now. And it's super soft. Yeah, I love it. And so it's, it's tons of fun. We have dresses and pants and sweaters, lots of sweaters, blazers too. So it's perfect for moms moving on. So everybody can find you and all of your wonderful things at. You could find me on Instagram at modern mom probs. And uh, the website is the same name, modernmomprobs.com. And then for the style box, it's modernmomstylebox.com. And on Instagram, it's modernmomstylebox. But you know what's a, a really fun thing? I know that you are friends with some of the housewives. Yes. And Jackie Goldschneider is going. Stop. <laughs> I love her. She's so great. I love Jackie too. I'm actually, she's one of the ones I haven't been connected to yet. And I think she's fantastic. I can totally connect her. I, mean, right. I, I know her age and we could talk offline about that. So she is going to be one of our influencers for the Modern Mom Style Box. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Oh my you. goodness. Wow. All right. Well, everybody listening, big things are happening in the Modern Mom Probs world. Um, I love that. I got 99 problems, but motherhood ain't one. Has Jay-Z reached out for a collaboration yet? Cause I'll take a connection <laughs> no. to him too. <laughs> no, but no. that'd be pretty amazing. <laughs> um, but really thank you for sharing your story. I think it's so insightful to hear it from the other side. So many people are going to listen and say, wow, yes, those are great tips. And I'm so glad she was able to experience that firsthand to educate the rest of us because that's what life is all about, isn't it? Sharing the knowledge, helping each yeah. other along. Exactly. To everybody that's being what we're here, here for. Yeah, to everybody here, thank you so much for listening and can't wait to see you next week. Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists and it's called the Moms Moving On Membership Community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com and click on become a member to join our community now. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.